Oh God. Oh, Falling in love. Jesus, oh, thankful for the blood of Jesus. Oh, 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 oh. I'm thankful for the blood, the blood of Jesus. Jesus, it washes white. It washes oh. white. Yeah. It washes white. Washes white. As snow. <laughs> Honestly, that probably actually sounded pretty good. <laughs> Maybe for you, not for me. <laughs> All right. This is this is episode twenty two of Out of the Boat. I actually checked today. Wow. Shocker. I know. I thought because I thought we were on twenty one. So this is twenty two. Um, so, ow, today, this has been an interesting week because I feel like the past three weeks, I think the last three episodes, we really haven't talked much. It's been Luke last week, Dacia the week before, Ronnie, and I don't, I don't remember who was before Ronnie. It might, it might've been us, (laughs) but I think it's been like almost like a three to four weeks since it's just been us speaking. Um, but, interesting enough, um, I had a dream the other day, and I thought it was, a, I didn't think it was a joke, but I was like, eh, you know, I'm always skeptical of everything. And I didn't realize it until I was telling you about it. I was like, man, I had this crazy dream. And then as I started telling it, and then you made it, I feel like it was a semi-joke. You can correct me if I'm wrong. No, I was being serious. <laughs> you're like, you're like, geez, you're, whatever. You're like, geez, you're having a spiritual dream, and I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe it was. And honestly, like, it didn't seem like very fleshly. Like, yeah, there were some weird things that I literally don't know what it was about. There was like, the, I know David from the Bible was in it. I don't know for what he was like the one telling people that, you know, God's coming back and trying to warn them. I think. What do you look like? I don't remember. I I think I was almost in the point of view of David. And then there was um there was some lamb and some blood. I don't know what all that was. <laughs> and then um all I remember was I think like the general idea or theme of the dream was God trying to use his people, you know, to like tell them like hey, like come back soon, like warning them, giving them signs and everything. And I know like near the end of the dream I ended up like in a church setting and I was just looking out into an audience and the church wasn't like, like packed or like filled, which isn't like a bad thing, but you would think like, say some, say something like the rapture happened and there's some, the non-believers here still, oh my gosh, going to be batting down the church doors like, no, no, like, like at the ark, like when it started to rain and like the door closed and God's like, you know, like. I gave you so many chances and opportunities. They're like banging on the door like, let us in, let us in. (laughs) And it's like, I feel like that's how the rapture is going to be. Like as soon as like, you know, we're taken up, people who are left behind are going to be like batting down the church doors like, no, like what is it? (laughs) So I was kind of picturing like God's giving all these signs. Like, you know, he's literally saying like, I'm coming back soon. Yeah. And the church was not full. And the, the people of God were not like, like people were just carrying on, like nothing's happening. So I was like, man, the, the urgency is not there. The, the readiness isn't there. And so I was like, okay, clearly I feel like God put that in my spirit for a reason. And so I did, <laughs> didn't touch on it too much this week, but I read a couple verses and chapters in Matthew about uh, the signs that God gives and the different parables that he was giving and I just felt to talk about that today. Yeah. So can you, do you have that verse of the dream or no? That no. no I know okay. it was Acts chapter two, verse 17. Old men. So is it old, old men? Is it old men dream dreams or young men? I don't men even dreams? know. Well, hopefully it's young men dream dreams. <laughs> um, but I did want to start off with Matthew two. No, Matthew 24. Verse three, it says, and he sat on the Mount of Olives. 
the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of the coming of the end of age? And Jesus answered them, see that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. And they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed for this must take place. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to the tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And they will fail, they will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray, and because lawlessness will be increased. The love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations and the end will come. I think there are many chapters within Matthew that talks about the end, like in God warning them and giving them parables and stuff. And the one thing that always sticks out to me in this, and I literally have it highlighted and underlined in my Bible right now (laughs) is that many will lead people astray. Many false prophets will come about and there is so many like churches and people today where <laughs> they're just like the the feel good type of preacher not really preaching like the whole bible just like the good parts right. and it's really sad because i know some people who are in it now i remember some friends who used to i used to go to church with or like just i knew from another church or friends that I knew that were like real strong and on fire for God. And then they switched to one of these churches and I've just watched their lifestyle completely just deteriorate. And I know at first it like, they look like they're having the time of their life. They're like freedom deliverance. (laughs) It's like, I'm not in this anymore. Like basically kind of, they liked the idea and adapted the idea of I can do whatever I want. Right. Uh, God is a God of love, God of fun. Jesus is my homie. And which is just totally. I've heard Sky Daddy too. Oh, that is just disgusting. <laughs> that is horrible. I think Sky Daddy. I'm like, huh? Ew, no. <laughs> what? No. And so it's like they're, they're bringing God down to their level and blurring the lines between right. the world and the church. Yet we're supposed to be set apart from the world. Yet there's a lot of people. Oh my gosh. We were just talking about this the other day. I don't know how many of you have seen this real and oh my I, God, I know yeah. I don't know where else it is, but I know that there's a reel on Instagram of where this guy and this uh, girl, she was like, she's on the phone. She's like something along the lines. Guys, I just want to let you know, God told me to open up a Christian club. And, you know, like when you first hear that right now, you're probably thinking like, oh, a Christian club. Praise God. Like, you know, in school or something, you know, like, like, I don't know, like. Like a party. Like, like, like a Christian club. But like what she meant is, is like a club, like a club club, like, you know, like a nightclub. And the first one's going to open up in Los Angeles. And I'm like, oh, good. What, what better way to, to blend the world with the church than a, than a nightclub? And she's like, but there will be no alcohol, no sexual dancing. Um, just, I, I guess, I guess literally the, the gist of the club is them just dancing to Jesus music and, and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no weed. And, um, I remember immediately I was like, I'm flying to these comments. I looked at the comments and I'm looking through it. I'm like, these comments are hilarious. They are roasting them alive. One, one person was like, I know darn well, God did not tell you to open a club. <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious, but, um, and then I saw another person that literally the person that commented exactly what I was thinking. They said, um, they put the verse saying we're supposed to be separate and set apart from the world. Yeah. And literally that club, they were trying to make it exactly like the world, but just with a pinch different. And it, that's such a false lie. And it's almost like, like a gateway into it. Like, eh, that bad. And it's like everything like the world. And it's like, well, let me try out a real club. You know, I don't know. I thought that was so dumb. It's the spirit of compromise. And a lot of people, real. they think, 
oh, in order to get people saved, in order to get people to church, let's blend in the world and church so it's an easy pathway between those in the world and those in church. And I get the idea. Like, I'm not going to call out the band or the music group because you already know what I'm going to talk about. But the certain, <laughs> I guess, Christian, quote-unquote, artists who they're singing Christian music, but their lifestyle is for the world. It's, and there's a spirit of compromise it, that's there. And I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And there are bands that I know, like, they, they have drinking at their concerts, which literally, that I, that doesn't make any sense to me, but, it you know, it is what it is. It's starting to... They were getting near the end of times where they're blurring the church and the world. And I remember um, I saw in someone's story the other day, and if they're listening, this is going to be so funny, but they were doing a like a pop-up shop of their company at this uh, new church that was opening. And the church, the church for worship, for worship, was singing um, songs from the Taylor Swift, her new album or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, at this point, is it a church anymore? What's happening? Like, I was like, are they for real? Like, people were legit, like, lifting their hands. They're worshiping Taylor Swift. They're literally point. worshiping. Like, yeah, I know. It was literally, like, worshiping Taylor Swift. I was like, what in the world is this? I, th- I thought that was the craziest thing ever. I had her send me the video. because I thought it was That's funny fun. because growing up, I always thought those who weren't, I guess, Christian would listen to worldly music as part of their worship service. That was always my thinking growing up until I was, like, 12. So you, wait, so you thought... So up until People, 12, I always thought those from a different denomination would listen to worldly music as part of their worship music. Does that make sense? Uh, hold on. <laughs> so you, let's say, wait, wait, wait. You thought people, let me finish my thought. You thought people who didn't go to church. No, no to, to those who weren't Christian. So in my thinking was Catholics or Mormons or whoever. For their, I guess, worship set, they would listen to Justin Bieber. They would listen to like i don't know it's like those artists that was my thinking growing up how do you even get <laughs> as a, i was a kid though well at 12 you know i would think no i just throw a number i was I was probably okay. younger on honestly to be fair um it wasn't until 15 i knew that uh 9-11 was a terrorist attack so i didn't know so i mean you just call yourself out like that. <laughs> well, I, mean, <laughs> I just thought a plane didn't I just thought a plane didn't see through the cloud and I didn't know there was more than one. There was like three, right? They couldn't see through the cloud? I thought the plane was flying too low. It didn't see through the cloud. It came out of the cloud and boom, the building was in front of them. Oh, it's like it was like a sneak attack. Like, oh, dang. No, there's no. There's two buildings so high in the air. the The clouds were lying low. The plane was flying low. It went in the cloud and it came out of the cloud and oh my gosh and the building was in front of them that's what i thought happened and it happened three times i didn't know it ha- i didn't know there was more than one plane yeah twice on the twin towers and then once at the uh, okay well Pentagon. i know that now i didn't know that till i was like 15 or 16 anyways that's besides the point right now that was but, really off topic yeah, i'm sorry but um we were talking about those bands that are blurring the the lines between the church and the world and it's sad. I feel like to an extent God can use them because he can take people who are in the world. Like I, I can see another side of this and I know a lot of people will say this side too. I can see where God can use bands like that or even churches like that or things like that that don't have the full truth to bring someone who is in the world in get them familiar with the name of jesus get them familiar with the idea get them interested and then as they pursue their walk with god and following the holy spirit they go deeper and deeper with god and they come to the truth um now i do think it is it's just my opinion i think it's a little weird when you have someone in full truth and then kind of like go backwards into that it's like you know the truth but you're gonna go backwards and like turn your face from it that to me is weird i don't know how i got on that topic (laughs) what we're talking about blurring the the church the lines oh what was the last part you said i literally had something to say blurring the lines between the the church and the world oh going backwards oh this is goes to show how powerful the name of jesus is places this at baptist church at churches that don't have the full truth 
the reason why people stay in that church is because I remember meeting some lady. She was around 40. It's just she was addicted to drugs and alcohol for her whole life. And she went to that church that wasn't even the full truth. And boom, God healed her and delivered her. Mm-hmm. Now to her, she's like, this has to be the right church. Miracle signs and wonders just occurred. Yeah, But that's how powerful the name of Jesus is. Even if you're not in the full truth, but you're seeking after Jesus and declare his name, mm-hmm. boom, you can get healed. Literally, well, this must be God-led. Okay, anyway, so literally, my mom was born um, into, uh, my grandparents are Baptist. Born into a Baptist family, and she grew up right next door to a Pentecostal preacher. And my mom and her son were like best friends. They hung out all the time, so stuff like that. My mom went to their church, which they don't have the full truth at this church, but they went to their church and she received the Holy Ghost. So she's been there for years. I think she backslid at one point and then she had me and my brother and then she came back either before or after. I don't remember. So she was in there. Then my my mom and uh, dad got divorced and she stayed in the church and she'd bring us religiously. Like we were there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, like any little event that they had, we were there. And if we miss, <laughs> if we weren't on a hospital bed, we were inside the church. We weren't allowed to miss anything. If the whole, if the whole church was going on a 40 day fast, you best believe if I'm five years old, I'm going on the 40 day fast with everybody. <laughs> My mom's like, you're going to pass. I'm like, okay, praise God. I'm going to die, but whatever. <laughs> and so my um my mom was like you know seeking god and she noticed that a lot of people in the church like a big majority of the church which was a small church at the time but the big majority of the church was not living for god like they would preach one way like uh even like some of the families in ministry they would you know preach something but none of them were living by it they were all living a total opposite life right so my mom was you know seeking a different church she looked it up online she's looking at a church within like the same denomination. And so she found a different one. She grabbed one of her friends. She said, Hey, like, do you want to go with me to go check out another church on a Sunday night? Like I'll leave my kids at home. Cause I don't want to like confuse them or whatever. And then we'll go check out a different church on Sunday night. So my mom and her were driving to this other church and on their way to the church, they passed this building and they like they like felt something like what in the world is that and my mom's friend goes did you feel that my mom goes yes did you and she's like yeah and then they both were like i think we need to turn around so they turned around made a u-turn came back into the building and in this town there's not you're not allowed to have big signs it's a very like prim and proper town like upscale like you can't have big signs like whatever so it was a tiny little sign outside out front that said just the pentecostals so my mom and her friend pull in they go inside they said as soon as the the doors open it was like like a ton of bricks hit them they're like whoa do you feel that like that power then the sanctuary doors opened up my mom's like she got the holy ghost instantly she's like oh my gosh so much power in this place and um that's how she discovered her church it was interesting how god brought her step by step and put people in her path that led her to the full truth and that's crazy. So I think, yes, certain things can be used as stepping stones to get closer to God, but you ultimately have to search the Bible for yourself and research yourself and read the word for yourself to know what you believe and make sure that, you know, you're in the truth. Don't just blindly follow. Right, yeah. So yeah, that, where it talks about false prophets it's it's just sad how many people are being led astray by like these big mega churches that don't want to preach the truth. They just want to give a feel good message, and that's what the Bible's warning against. You need to be aware of. Yeah, that's why we need to love for the truth. Like for right. some of the people who don't act the way the world acts or dress the way the world dresses, someone's gonna go up to them and be like, "Hey, like, why don't you do that?" And how dumb are you gonna sound if you say, "Oh, my pastor told me." I think I said this in one of the podcasts too earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, how dumb is that going to sound? Oh, my pastor said I can't dress like this in one of the sermons, and I felt convicted. Oh, well, why? Where's the Bible for that? Uh, uh, you know? 
You got to serve. That's why we need a love for the word of God. We don't know why we dress the way we dress. Girls need to know why it's important to have uncut hair or why they're supposed to wear modest clothing, even guys too, you know? We got to know why we do the things we do. Yeah, true. In Matthew 24, 36, it says, But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. So, nobody knows when God's coming back. And the common theme that my dream reminded me of, or I I remembered through my dream after I woke up, I was like, okay, this is like a common theme, like God's coming back, like gotta be ready, gotta be ready, gotta be ready. I feel like that's what he wants to speak this week. So as I'm reading through Matthew chapter 23, 24, 25, a common theme that I'm seeing seeing here is like, be ready, be ready, be ready. And there's a lot of people that, you know, they may even be in church and they think like, oh, just because I'm in church, like I'm a Christian, I'm ready. Like I'm, you know, I'm doing my duty by sitting in the pew. And my pastor usually says all the time, he's like, just because you go to church doesn't make you a Christian. Just because you stand in a horse stable doesn't make you a horse. (laughs) And so it's a constant, it's, it's a hard thing to do to be like, in my opinion, at least constantly be ready. Cause it's like, Oh my gosh. If you really think about it, if the Lord comes back tomorrow. I need to get my ducks in a row here. Right. I don't want to be, you know, fiddle diddling with this thing and doing that thing and blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh. but in Matthew 24, 42, it says, <clears throat> Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would have not let his house be broken into. Therefore, you must also be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. It's, think about it. If God said, I am coming on July 5th, 2030. Right after 4th of July. That's yeah, nice. right after 4th of July. <laughs> 20, I said 2030. Yeah, 2030. How many of us, probably a majority of us, honestly, how many, how many of us would live our life Almost carelessly because it's like, God ain't coming back. Like I have nothing to worry about. So let me just do whatever I want. But no, it Bible says nobody knows the time, the day, the hour. So we need to be ready all times. It's, it's a constant thing. You have to be constantly on your toes. Not like on your toes. Like (gasps) he's going to come back. He's going to, I'm going to miss it. But like, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're living for God, you're praying, you're reading, you're following what he says to do and you're living a life for him and you're following the call, then you should be ready at all times. You you are ready at all times. Yeah. I mean, we're under the grace dispensation right now. And that started when Jesus died on the cross and it's going to end at the time of the rapture. And pretty much what that is, is from obviously throughout the generations between when Jesus died on the cross, God's going to forgive us as long as we repent. We yeah. could, I could murder 20 people. Oh my drink gosh. on the way, inject needles, like do like the worst stuff. <laughs> Dear Lord. But if I repent, God's going to forgive me. But so many people take advantage of God's grace Yeah, that we soon lose the fear of the Lord. If we don't have the fear of yeah. God inside of us, we're not going to be, if I have the fear of God, I'm going to be like, I don't want to say that joke that I wanted to say because I know God's going to judge me for this. Yeah, And I'm not saying judge like you're dumb for that, but I'm talking about judgment. So yeah. Bible even talks about, even like parents are supposed to discipline our child. That's what true love is. And God loves us so much. He's going to discipline us. But at the same time, he's going to forgive us a lot. But we keep taking advantage of that grace that the time's going to keep coming where we keep taking advantage of it. And when the rapture comes, we're going to be like, God, like, why didn't you give us a warning? But that was because of our own foolishness. It's like I did give you a warning. Yeah. <laughs> give you so many warnings. I gave you, warnings. I gave you so many signs. And you know, like the people on Noah's Ark gave them so many warnings. They didn't listen. What was happening during those days, though, between the days of Noah and Sodom and Gomorrah and this life that we're in? What's a common theme? You really going to question me on the podcast, put me on the spot? What? I don't know. No, it's like an obvious, like, oh. it's drunkenness, it's homosexuality, it's living complacency. 
Yeah. That's where the, that's what the main things were happening was idolatry. I remember you mentioned that earlier, the days of Noah, and God put Ezekiel uh, chapter 8, verse 5 to 6 in my heart. And it reads, Then he said unto me, he meaning God speaking to Ezekiel the prophet, Then he said unto me, Son of man, lift up thine eyes now the way toward the north. So I lifted up mine eyes the way toward the north, and behold, northward at the gate of the altar, this image of jealousy in the entry. He said furthermore unto me, Son of man, seest thou what they do? Even the great abominations that the house of Israel committeth here, that I should go far off from my sanctuary. But turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations. What's going on here is that people had idols in the church. And God said, even though this is probably the most disgusting thing that could happen, because we're only supposed to worship God, but there's idols at the sanctuary pretty much, there's going to be greater abominations that you're going to see, and I want to show you out in the world. And I feel like even today's generation, we have idols in church. We idolize preachers. We idolize that person who sings that good solo. We idolize artists all the time. And we're doing this in the house of God. All the times we're like, oh, this big name preacher's coming. I'm, I'm going to stay this time. We're idolizing them. But yeah, we get a no name coming. It's, oh, I'll miss church. Or, oh, I'll do this. Yeah, I ain't going to go. And this is in the house of God. That's idolizing. The same sin, the same abomination that God's talking about is the same sin that we're doing it unaware right i just thought that was crazy the um the last because this honestly these several chapters are so filled with this same theme and just in different parables i'm going to read the one uh the parable of the ten virgins then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom five of them were foolish and five of them were wise For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins rose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. Sorry. And while they're going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, Mm. for you know neither the day nor the hour can you imagine like i can almost i feel like in this parable you're with the people you're with these same people with the lamps and the oil you also have a lamp you're following them but you're not like carrying the oil you're not carrying the anointing you're not doing the call of god and then when you get to well you're not gonna get to heaven but when you get to judgment (laughs) and god's gonna be like I don't know you depart from me. That's crazy because you're walking with these people. You're doing these things just like they are and stuff, but you're not carrying the oil and God's like, depart from me. I never knew you. That is Lord. That was just scary hearing that. Even before I, I forgot, uh, I think book of Matthew, when it says, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name? Do we not cast out demons? in Yes. And pretty much if I could put this in modern terms, like, do we not, do interpretation of tongues in your name? Do we not work the gifts of the Spirit in your name? All these same things. We think working the gifts of the Spirit and serving God, that's going to get us to heaven. But he said, I never knew you. You yep. weren't in the prayer closet every day. We didn't have that intimate time with me. We'd lost intimacy with him. Yeah, it's. I think that verse says, depart from me, doers of iniquity. Yeah. And I remember doing a study on this like years ago of what iniquity meant totally for all of it (laughs) probably should go over it again and there's this one is probably one of my favorite examples and i actually have done a podcast on this one but i feel like because god put it on my heart i'm i'm just gonna say it again and jesus spoke this is about the parable of the wedding feast and jesus spoke to them in parables saying the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. I, f- I like when I hear that, I'm thinking about 
God is giving you signs after sign after sign, like putting people in your path. Like, hey, bro, like you want to have a Bible study? Hey, bro, you want to come to church with me? Hey, you want to go hang out with these people? Like you're, he's putting people in your path to come do this, come do this, come do this. So like, oh, hey, like you want to come pray? Like, or you feel like a nudge in your heart? Like, hey, like, you know, like come talk to me. Like come talk to God. And you keep ignoring all these signs. Again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who are invited. See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully and killed them. The king was angry and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready. But those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot, cast him in the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. When I think of that, I, I forgot what my thoughts used to be on this one. <laughs> but I remember when God calls all of us, but few of us will pick up that call. And I feel like a lot of people, you know, like they want to go to the wedding feast, but they don't want to do the work. They don't want to follow God with everything. They don't want to sacrifice everything. They don't want to leave everything behind for God. And a lot of people just want, you know, like the glitter and the, the what is it? The glam and the glitter or something like just the easy side of things. Just like, oh yeah. Like I remember growing up until I was like eight, I think it was. Our belief used to be just pray this prayer. God, come into my heart and, you know, like, I know I'm a sinner, like, and repent of my sins. And, like, that was it. Like, you are sold. You are good. You don't have heart to step in a, a church building again. You don't have to do anything. Like, you can live any way you want now. That's basically how it was. Obviously, they're not going to say that. Like, you, know, you can do whatever you want now. But, like, that's basically the idea. And that's all the people who believe that. That's literally, like, that's what they do. I mean, at least who I was surrounded by. And it, it's, it's sad that a lot of people believe that you can just, you just pray a prayer and you're, oh, well, your life is sealed for life. You can do whatever you want, but you're still going to go to heaven. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, you don't, you don't love God if you're doing that. You're not honoring him. If you love him, you will follow his commandments. Not only that, but God wouldn't have a loophole in his word. Yeah, that's, that, that's a loophole if, when you really think about it. Like, if it's once saved, always saved type of concept, I could, you know, get the Holy Ghost, be baptized in Jesus' name, and then boom, just live my life for the world. Now you got to continue living for God. Faith without works is dead. Right. Oh, so you can't work your way for salvation. Salvation is free. Right. But you got to do steps to live for God. Apostle Paul said, I die daily, meaning I got to daily come to an altar and lay my flesh down. Because if I let my flesh take control, boom, I'm going to want to do all these carnal things. That's where we're supposed to repent, especially, that's why, I almost said this school, but that's why a lot of churches emphasize early morning prayer, because you start for a day with nothing really in your mind, you know, and you just put your flesh down on the altar and just die. You know, it's, it's so interesting that you're talking about this, and I literally, <laughs> I literally just randomly, as you're talking, I open the Bible, and I opened up to a couple good verses here. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer <laughs> I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Hey. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God. For <laughs> Wow, this is crazy. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Wow, this is crazy. Okay, hold on. Now here's, here's another one that I was looking at. Same page. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, 
and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposite to each other to keep you from doing these things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Wow. So, <laughs> oh, let me go on. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh, flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. We have to crucify the flesh every day. You don't say a prayer and live your life and carry on and do what you want. If you know the truth, you don't blend it with the world. There's the constant theme that I keep being reminded of tonight and throughout that dream is is being in a, a state of readiness. And I remember reading something just now before the podcast talking about the people who were ready. It wasn't. It wasn't like what did it say it wasn't like a routine for them it was it was a lifestyle of readiness and i think that's something that we have to mentally grasp is we need to be in a lifestyle of readiness we need to and i'm not saying there's a certain formula to being ready but for me what that looks like is walking with god every day waking up starting my day with him trying to do my best to live for him crucifying the flesh throughout my day at work no matter what I'm doing, like even if I like name, take a couple seconds, like Lord Jesus, I love you, thank you. Okay, <laughs> let me move on. Like an hour or two later, like Lord, help me, please give me peace. Like something like that. Like talk to him throughout the day. Don't just a habit that I get into every day is I wake up, I pray to God, and I like check it off the box. I'm like, all right, I do my prayer for the day, and then I like put him in a box and never talk to him again until the next morning. Same thing with reading. I'll like read one chapter in the morning and be like. All right, that's good for the day. Like, but you know, at that rate, I'll be done with the Bible in 17 years. <laughs> so, but I have to constantly feed my spirit every day, crucify the flesh, and live in a state of readiness. Yeah. For God to come back. Something that keeps coming to my mind is Luke chapter 10, when it talks about Martha and Mary. It's going to take kind of a turn, but not really. It's going to link back to what we talked about earlier. But. Jesus comes into this house, and it's Martha and Mary, two sisters. Now, Martha, she was serving. She was in the presence of God, and she wanted to serve, just like a lot of us in ministry, a lot of us who want to be involved with God in church. We, we want to serve. But Mary, she's at the feet of Jesus. And Martha, she's like, Jesus, like, tell her to help out to serve more. Like, how is it that she could be there, and I'm out here serving? But Jesus, I'm just going to read it. I don't know. Misquote it. In verse 42 says, But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. God wants us at the feet of Jesus. We have to be at an altar every day. More than just crucifying our flesh, but just for a relationship with him. And everything ties down to a relationship with God. Everything. That's yeah. the center. That's why, kind of like what Ronnie said, we're giving God one thing he's going to give himself. And that's relationship. Yeah. It sounds so elementary to people. Like, I remember in my prayers, like, I don't want to get complacent. Mm-hmm. I tell God, God, if I ever get comfortable with where I'm at spiritually, raise up affliction in my life, raise up something uncomfortable to bring me back to that place where I'm back on fire for you. Because complacency, that's like a silent killer. You're slowly drifting away from God because mm-hmm. you think you're, you already reached that high point with God. Mm-hmm. So you're going a different direction. I don't ever want to get to that place. No, no, me either. He'll spit you out. He'll spew you out of his mouth. He'd rather you be cold and backslidden rather than lukewarm, just sitting there. I think, I don't know who it's for. I feel like God gave me that dream, gave me the topic, and then gave us these verses out of nowhere. I feel like he's speaking to somebody today that we got to be ready no matter what. And it's it's so easy like I, I do it all the time. I'm literally preaching to myself right now because I'm constantly like, all right, you know, like COVID settled down. There's no earthquakes. There's no hurricanes. There's nothing. Wildfire. Life. Yeah. No, no <laughs> wildfires. Life is normal right now. Nothing crazy. 
Uh, and then you, you like you get comfortable, like you go on the day to day, and like, you know, I'm not, you know, thinking I'm going to get hit by a semi tomorrow. You know, I'm thinking I have another good, you know, 30, 40 years on me. Um, and I get complacent with like, you know, God's not going to come back anytime soon. That's what I think. But for all I know, he can come back tomorrow. But I feel like because I think in my mind, like, well, God has called me to do this. God has said, oh, I'm going to be here. I'm going to do this, 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 that surely he's not going to come back before the things that he's told me or called me to do. That's crazy. Imagine though, like if I felt like I had no call and be like, you know what? Maybe God's coming back soon because <laughs> I'm not called to do anything if that's the logic. But just like that verse says, like if the master would have told his servants, you know, the hour or if they, if the, if he would have known the hour that the thief was coming, he would have, you know, protected his house or Been boarded it up. No, it, you have to be in a constant state of readiness, you know, not in a constant state of fear, living in fear, which, you know, I do quite often, but anyways, <laughs> I'm trying to get past that, but living a daily life with God. And I know one of my prayers this week was, am I trying to get a daily better walk with him was, God, I, I want to serve you out of like genuineness or like out of pure love because I know that you created us to worship you. You created us to have communion with you, you created us to talk with you and walk with you. And he cares about every little thing. And I remember, I think it was just this week, I was praying about something that was so minuscule. And I thought, surely God does not care about this. Like, like, why would he care about this? Yeah. But then in my head, like, I had to check myself. I'm like, no, 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 wait, wait. God does care about that. And I think it was literally something, like, let me try to give an example. It was something, like, so simplistic as, should I get the double espresso pods? <laughs> or, or should I get? The, the single espresso pods. It was okay. Maybe it wasn't that stupid, but it was something to that level of meaningless meaninglessness or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, God doesn't care about this. But then instantly, I felt my spirit like, No, like God does care about this. He wants to be involved in every little aspect of our life. There's nothing that He's going to say. I don't care about that. Literally, when I'm like, I'm not gonna lie. When I'm praying for my car. I am detailed. I want, I don't want to say what I want, but anyways, <laughs> all right, I'll say what I want. <laughs> I want a BMW 330. The 2019 year comes with that M package steering wheel that I want with either the black leather or that nice brown leather interior. Has to have the full digital tachometer with the full LCD screen over there. And I don't want any ratchet trim. Is it a ratchet? <laughs> you know what I mean? It like, can't be like the plastic trim. Like I got to have you know a little wood grain or something in there. Um, and it has to have the M package front fascia bumper in the back. I'm like so detailed with this because I, this is a funny story. I know that God wants you to be specific and detailed. And I don't know if this was like actually the case, but it was, it's kind of funny and coincidental. One of my friends loves Southern California and he was praying that, you know, he could eventually live in Orange County and God would, you know, he's like, God, like I, I want to live in Orange County. Like I want to be a minister in Orange County or whatever. And, um, God answered his prayer. He ended up in Orange County, Florida. <laughs> Dang. I know. He, was, he wasn't specific enough. He's like, God answered your prayer. He put you in Orange County. Not a total op opposite side of the nation. <laughs> so uh, my my friend's wife was like, he should have probably been a little more specific with his prayers. So that's literally ever since that story, like people see that as a joke, but I'm like so serious now. Like I <laughs> legit will be Most like, real, yeah. listen, God, like, I don't want that cream leather interior. That stuff is disgusting. <laughs> I don't like that junk. Like I'm Golly. being so, I know I'm being specific. So I don't, you just got to be specific. You got to talk to God about everything. And something that I don't know if this helps like you change your perspective, but it, it helped me. I was thinking 
imagine you're up in the sky looking down at everybody. I'm not, well, I'm kind of saying to pretend to be God, but I don't know if that's bad. But anyways, pretend you're looking down in the shoes of God and you're looking at all the people that he created. And like, like imagine you had a child that literally wanted nothing to do with you. And your kid literally talked to you once a day for five minutes. And that was it. Or what if you only talk to your kid on Sundays and if you go to church on Wednesday nights? Can you imagine how depressing that is? And you want to be so involved in their life. I'm not a father, but you want to be so involved in their life as a parent and they don't ever talk to you. Yeah, That is literally depressing. Same. And I thought about that the other day and I was like, wow, like God created me. He wants to spend time with me. That's so awesome. And, and I am living day to day so caught up in the things of life that literally are meaningless and he just wants to have a conversation with me yeah <laughs> so at least a goal every morning to talk to him i i try to make it a goal to end the night with him try to talk throughout the day it's hard it's hard but the more that you fight at it the more you try it the easier it gets i think we've gotten pretty consistent except for the last couple of days <laughs> we haven't whatever anyways <laughs> but it's like if i go a couple days without praying or talking to god let's say it's that third day back i feel like well lord <laughs> i gotta catch you up on a whole year's worth like it it feels like i haven't talked to him in a, even on say i talk to him on a friday morning Sometimes, for some reason, in my mindset, I have this mentality that it's the weekend. Like, okay, not only am I taking a pause from my jobs, but I'm taking a pause from, you know, like, working and talking to God in the morning and waking up early and putting that effort in. So, like, Saturday, like, I'll take a break day, usually. And then Sunday, I'm like, that's a given. Hello, we're going to be at church. going to talk to him. That'll be about the time. And then a Monday morning rolls around. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like. Feel like I haven't said a word to you in the past like two three days so I think that's a good thing though because it's gotten to the point where if I miss a couple days I feel that tug in my heart like like you know like where are you like why aren't you talking to me and I think that's cool I've been praying for God that he would take me deeper and deeper and I believe that he is taking me deeper and I believe that he will answer that prayer and i Honestly, the things that have been happening around me and I've been seeing like the fruit of my prayers, it's been building my faith like crazy. And it's so awesome to see like the power of prayer. And I remember a couple weeks ago at church, uh, pastor said, if you don't think that your prayers can't interfere with what the devil is doing, then you have brain damage, <laughs> which it, it's, it's, it's true. Like if you don't think that your prayer can affect what the devil's trying to do, man, I have prayed against so many things in this past, like several months. Like I was thinking to myself, Oh, you know, it's, that's, it's just going to happen. That's how it's going to happen. If I, if I can't do anything about it, you know, like I'm just going to give up. Like it's too impossible for, for God to do this thing. But then I started praying and I was, I said, you know what? I'm going to have faith. Like God's going to do this. Pray, 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 pray. Talk to God, sure enough. I was like, God, block this. If this isn't your will, Lord, I want your will to be done. I pray that the enemy is stopped on all sides. Bam, 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 bam. All these things start happening. I'm like, well, okay, all right. Maybe God is listening. <laughs> because a lot of times it feels like the prayer's bouncing against the ceiling and going right back down to the floor. But lately I feel like my prayer life and, and the more you begin to talk to God, it begins to shift a lot because... Lately with my prayer life, it used to start off with, all right, God, I have this problem. I have this problem. I have this. I need to do this. I need to do this. But now lately it's gotten to the point where I almost don't even pray about my stuff anymore because I think of Matthew 6.33 where it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. And I'm trying to become so kingdom-minded that, I put 
his kingdom first. I put his things first and I pray for what he wants me to pray for first. And by the time I like the end of my prayer time and it gets to the point where like, you know, like I want to pray for my things, my Santa Claus list here, my wish list. It's like, you know what? That's not even, doesn't even matter anymore. Like I don't, I don't got to worry about that. Like I know that it'll be handled. I know that God has me in his hand. I don't know why I'm going this rabbit trail. But one more thing. I remember I, like even today, there was something this morning when I was praying that was like, it was getting me down. And I literally was at a crossroads in my mind. I could either choose to be sad and depressed right now over this, or I could literally say no, because I literally know it's a lie. But then I kept bouncing back. It's like, no, but like, you know, in a strange way, it feels good to cry sometimes. It's like, it feels good to like cry. But in my mind, it's like, I know it's a lie. Like this is pointless. Like I'm, I'm pouring so much emotion into a lie. And instead today I prayed, I was like, God, like I want my emotions to be for you. I don't want my emotions to be given to something else, something that's a lie. I don't want to give that to the devil. I don't want to give that to him. I want to give my emotions to you. That's been my prayer lately. Yeah. Sorry. That was a total, literally, this has been such a whirlwind of different thoughts tonight but that's just what was on my mind that's been what's on my heart this week and that's what i've been praying throughout this week i'm glad they can hear you with your mic down yeah (laughs) you have any more thoughts no no okay i just did a monologue here (laughs) all right well anybody listening out there we gotta be in a lifestyle of readiness. I think that's a theme that I'm going to try to like drill into my head the next couple of weeks is a lifestyle of being ready. Because there's a lot of times where we think to ourselves, oh, you know what? I'll go on that three-day fast next week. Oh, you know what? It's Thanksgiving. I'm going to go on that three-day fast, you know, the week after. Ah, I'll do that seven-day fast, you know, later. Like you keep kicking that can down the road. And I literally, if there was a dictionary with the word procrastination, it would probably say my name next to it. I am one of the biggest procrastinators that I know. I really don't know. Like, I do everything down to the wire. Honestly, though, I feel like I get a lot accomplished <laughs> in that time. I feel like that's how I work. Like, when there's a paper due, man, do I do I pump out a 10-page paper in the last hour, in the 11th hour, <laughs> before it is due at 11.59? Man, that's when my best work is done. But, no, but that's stupid. Uh, <laughs> you, need to, you need time management. But we need to be in a constant state a lifestyle of readiness, which is talking to God, living for God, making disciples, giving Bible studies, doing all these things that he has called us to do, reading his word, living his word, walking in the spirit, not walking in the flesh. When you know something's wrong, don't do it. Don't abuse his grace. And I feel like, I don't know where I'm going with all this, but yeah, living in a constant state of readiness, that's just the thought. And the lifestyle that I want to acquire. This has been episode 22 of Out of the Boat. That was really...